I never had an orgasm. And it was only when I was 19. And even then, I'd been traveling in um, Australia and it was very promiscuous then. So I sat with a lot of people and I'd never come. And then, God, I probably shouldn't say this. I don't think my parents will ever hear this. Stefania is a pole dance instructor, programmer, and a self-named advocate for self-pleasure. In this episode, Stefania and Celeste dive into the art of expressing desires with BDSM contracts and the five love languages. They share openly about self-pleasure rituals and not being able to have an orgasm without a vibrator. Stefania opens up about anonymous sex and her perspective on physical and emotional intimacy. And Celeste shares about how she only wants penetration in a potential intimate relationship. And joy. Everybody, I'm sitting here in Nicaragua and I met an amazing woman during dinner within the 10 minutes that we encountered a bunch of each other and I was like this is my type of girl we were talking about squirting and <laughs> unapologetically being you and self-pleasure so <laughs> Steph, you want to talk a little bit about who you are, where you're from, what brought you here? Yeah, so hi everyone, I'm Steph and I was so pleased to meet Celeste because I'm a big advocate for self-pleasure and like moments to myself and sex with other people as well in different situations. Um, so yeah, really, really happy to be here and like have a conversation about all this super cool stuff. <laughs> so you want to share a little bit about your life before we dive into Oh yeah. yeah. Um so I'm from London. Um I work in tech and then I find that yeah, with like self-pleasure it's so important. Like I find as well like certain times of day, like for some reason I was talking about with my friend as well like 2:40 p.m. For some reason, like when I was dating my ex and we lived together, that would normally be like, when's your next meeting? Should we just have a three, three thirty? Okay, do you want to have a quickie? Um, or I might have, you know, 10 minutes to myself. And then it just like, you know, really sets me up. So I find it, you know, it's definitely something I incorporate into like my day-to-day -day life um, when I'm in London or when I'm in Nicaragua, meeting uh -huh. people like you. <laughs> so it's a daily, daily, yeah, but can you say practice? What? Is it like a practice for you? It used to be um, like, it depends. Sometimes it's because I'm bored. Like say I could go yeah. to the fridge or I could go to bed. <laughs> um, they're about equidistance from my sofa. So, you know, options. Um, sometimes something like random might spark me and then like randomly turn me on. And I'm like, oh, and I'm at home by myself. I guess that could work. Um, and then other times if I'm with someone as well, I might just be like, I'm gonna go have an orgasm. If you want, you can join me. So it was, yeah, it was quite funny with my ex because then I would go. And then when I was like getting close, like five minutes later, he would just come in with a hard on and then I would finish and they would fuck me. It was great. <laughs> like, you know. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. So, <laughs> before we dive in further, um, do you want to share a little bit about? what brought you here like i meet you here right in nicaragua at a beautiful place uh, you're working from your laptop but it hasn't always been like that right yeah so what, what has your journey been up until this point oh my god i manifested this so yeah. like in my 20s i was a real job hopper but the thing is with job hopping i actually think it's a good thing because you get lots of transferable skills and also you know when you pivot like it's you know what doesn't kill you only makes you stronger. But anyway, then, um, it was actually around the Brexit, at the time the Brexit vote happened, which is also when Trump went in. So it was a bit of an uncertain time in the world. Not that now is that much better, but anyway. Um, I decided, oh my God, I'm a girl that can code because I did computer science at uni. I'm going to go work in tech because then I can be on the beach with my laptop and, and like a <laughs> tropical smoothie on a month, like being like, happy Monday. And then last summer was when I realized I'd semi-achieved that. Because I kind of moved into tech and then like took a while and kind of um, now I have my footing. Um, I'm at a company where I can work remotely yeah. and then I can just work anywhere. So because it, it was quite cold in, in winter in Europe, um, I thought I'd just book five weeks just here, five minute walk from the beach, two weeks of holiday, three weeks working from sun, doing UK time zones. But it's beautiful because I can watch the sunrise, 
the sunset, and then I'm awake for like two hours on either side. <laughs> and it's just like, what a life every day, going surfing and like being with the ocean. Yes. And um, so the thing is, I actually like self-pleasure less when I'm on holiday here. Uh, it's kind of like every couple of days. Yeah. Um, whilst now, um, whilst at home, it's way more. Um, but then, yeah, I have my days where sometimes it's three times before lunch. So, you know, I think everyone has those days. <laughs> for sure, for sure. Yeah. Funny. Totally. Yeah, because I remember when we met at dinner and you were telling me about all the dominatrix stuff. And then I've started dating a guy. And it's kind of my first time experimenting into all of that because I've always been really, really submissive and dated yeah. a lot older. And then I broke up with my older ex and went way younger, so I started experimenting a bit more. <laughs> um, oh my god, wow, this is what happens in Nicaragua. You get like massive bugs. Yeah, I'll like to with it. I'm vegan. You have my cigarette second. Okay. <sighs> I was like, holy shit. I know, right? It was just okay. right in my pants. <laughs> the bugs and save them yeah. and, and not not freak out so the bug was just in yeah. the wrong place at the wrong time you know um, and that's that's well that's another thing I sometimes think about it's like you can't control how others perceive you so you always just yeah. have to be the best version of yourself and I find I'm the best version of myself when I'm you know taking care of my basic needs which sex is one of them so it's like if I sleep well if I eat well I'm vegan I don't drink that much I do smoke quite a bit of weed but whatever and then you know keep my either self-love or love with other partners satisfied yeah you know so you take care of yourself and your your needs yeah exactly yeah that's a beautiful woman but um I try you know super zen but um but yeah you were saying um at dinner that you used to be a dominatrix and that's something that I've been experimenting <laughs> with and I'm like oh my god it's you know it's really fun that's where I want to get to <laughs> yeah yeah I could give a little bit of background there <laughs> so um, I was at university and I always had like a big passion for sex and more so for expressing your needs and desires in the way that feels authentic for you so like there is no no shame or whatever around that and that brought me to one of my best friends at the time and he was like why don't you just make that your work uh, and at that point in time I was studying I was I was doing all those festivals I used to be uh, organizing the music industry and time was pretty much challenging for me and then I was like fuck I can't just like work in a fucking store like besides because I needed the brain capacity to do my studies and all of that mm -hmm. or I can just dominate men and give them a beautiful experience and have a lot of fun <laughs> while making money so that's kind of where that started yeah and so yeah I basically dominated man <laughs> specifically as a side job during university and that brought me a lot of freedom yeah have fun uh, i know a lot of so. people that did that union not specifically dominatrix but i knew like a stripper really well i knew someone else who did like phone sex yeah and like that's the thing it's like really common like i had a friend um and they were literally trying to decide okay do they be a drug dealer or do they be a stripper and then they decided to be a drug dealer because it was illegal but it wasn't you know because there's still that some of that stigma it is but then that's the thing i don't understand why there's stigma and that's why we have to have these types of conversations so it the is. stigma it is, is like removed it is and even like like being a dominatrix and just what 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 excited me the most about that was just providing the space for people to be completely free of expressing what they their deepest desires are right there are no limits on what you express in this time that we have together within reason of course there are there are boundaries mm -hmm. and there is there are certain things that we need to agree upon upon but just to see those people also shift a lot in their their own lives afterwards because they all of them is welcome in that space right and that's yeah. what draws me towards that as well and also in the coaching work that I do right now, there is not so much of a difference. I still 
provide those spaces but a different context <laughs> yeah no and that's the yeah. it's so much about having space and that aspect in so many areas of life. like with yoga having space when you have like sex whether it's with yourself or with like other people and like and when you add, as well at the bdsm and like you touched touched on some things like where are the boundaries and yeah. setting those like safe lines and what okay like consensual and how important communication is or especially is. that's what i find in a relationship and kind of find it's, it's funny usually within like the first week or two of when i when i started sleeping with someone and dating them and i kind of like you know i could do this more like when you're at that stage i normally just send them bdsmtest.org or .com i can't oh, remember yeah absolutely yeah, absolutely yeah. it's about like what are your desires what are your needs what are your boundaries right yeah. even before you get any level of intimate with yeah. anybody really yeah and it's so interesting because I've been doing it like that, literally that test for probably about 10 years, like every couple of years and how I've changed. Yeah. Because when I was like, after I graduated, I was a bit all over the place and I was going to sex parties in like Mayfair and they were amazing. It was great. But yeah, when I'm kind of like doing the BDSM test, because I've been doing it for like 10 years, because I used to go to the kind of sex parties. Um, and it's so interesting that my results have changed. Yeah. And also when I see kind of other people's, because um, sometimes it might be a case I'm more submissive, but my dominant, my, and they might be more dominant, but my, I'm still like a lot higher. Because I remember when I used to do it, when I first did it, when I was like going to these sex parties, literally the top two thirds were like 97% plus. And it was like, I was like um, 2% vanilla. Uh, uh, and then as I'm like, I don't know, mature, yes, calmed down, yes. all this, I'm like, I'm up to 27% vanilla, you know, I've tamed and now I'm, you know, dating guys who are less vanilla than me. I'm like, well, well, you didn't meet me at 2% vanilla. <laughs> Maybe it's also good to give some background in, in what actually a test is like that. Yeah. Basically, it's a form in which uh, all elements are, are uh, written down of what you are comfortable with or not. And you can literally fill in that form and then send it to the other person so that you know what you're into and what not. Because there yeah. are so many flavors to sexuality, sensuality and what you are comfortable with and not specifically in the BDSM world. If you say I'm dominant, that can mean like so many different things and there are so many variables. So yeah. usually you fill in literally a form up front so that you know what you step into and you provide that safety up front, right? Yeah. And know what the playground is or the potential for that night to, to make it nice. Yeah, exactly. And it's yeah. so good because like with some of the questions it's kind of like, I, you know, like being dominant all the way to like, I could live the life 24 mm seven. -hmm. Um, and then you can answer with like, agree, disagree. And then like, I learned things like I didn't know what a rope bunny was. And it's like, oh, it means I like being tied up. Good to know. Because <laughs> I prefer to be tied up than tie other people up. Yeah. But you know, th this is the thing. I've already done the test like, I don't know, four or five times. And like, it, you know, it changes. So it's quite nice. The guy that I'm dating at the moment, we're literally the top one. We're both a hundred percent switch. Yeah. So it's like just really nice because then we can like experiment. Go all the way. But yeah, yeah all the ways. Um, but he's very dominant. But then that's good because I like that. So I want to learn to be more dominant. You know, so that's why that's the next chapter in my um sexualness. Um, because I do the pole dancing, so I've got um pole eight inch pl uh, pole heels. So then he was saying stuff like, oh yeah, I want you to like step on me in them, and I'm like, okay, I could try that, but I just don't want to injure him. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah, that's it's like, a serious thing. Yeah, 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 exactly. It's like the technique of like you know, like stuff as well. Like when you see, the, it's almost like art when they have people tied up. Um, I can't remember what the name of that Shibari. is. Yeah, and it's so like beautiful, but you have to make sure you do it properly because if you cut off major oh, arteries, absolutely, blood. that's not to fool yeah. around with because yeah. you can seriously injure it. So guys, if you feel inspired <laughs> to play with robes, seriously follow a proper workshop by a proper yeah. <laughs> practitioner first before you fool around in the bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> just saying, full disclosure, we're just sharing our own experience. Oh yeah, 100%. <laughs> this, is all, this is all stuff I've watched on pool and I haven't actually tried it myself. <laughs> but I did meet a girl actually, I met her at a pole and yoga retreat, because that's the other thing about me, I like to live at just surf and yoga, pole and yoga retreats, that's my vibe. Um, but I met a girl at a polling yoga routine and she was really into it. But then what she found was sometimes when she talk about it with other people, specifically men, then they might think that she was coming on to them, but she was just having an open conversation. Oh, this is so interesting what you tap on onto. Yeah. I'm so interested how that is for you. But specifically what I noticed, that's also why I don't 
often tell people that my background is is being a dominatrix or working in the sexual field yeah it's because it it sparks something in 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 people that i don't want to yeah say it's, that it's very interact like a, with yeah it's it can a, be an emotive reaction it's almost like that like oh oh me me stating this it's not an invitation but sometimes it's it's received like that yeah you know and it brings the whole energy into more sexual there where i'm just open and empowered and not necessarily interested in yeah interacting with you in that way yeah. right how do you navigate that for yourself yeah so i i have to set like quite almost firm boundaries because i haven't worked in the sex industry so doesn't matter it's, it's a lot of every yeah. relationship oh yeah really every oh yeah. yeah no so yeah but if i what i can is i have had a lot of sex so if i do want to bring that up in a conversation i do have to be kind of careful especially if it's one-on-one -on -one, because sometimes i might just want to have a chat about it but then other times it can kind of be like yeah. interpreted as if i'm coming onto the bus and sometimes i am coming onto the person so you know it's like this whole gray area and that's another one as well it's like um how because i'm how do you navigate the yeah. gray area how do you navigate well, all the gray areas because i'm biased yeah. like when you meet enough because i like girls that are pretty so then when you're talking to another by girl then it's it's harder to tell because most of the time girls are straight and then you don't want to freak them out so you because you still want to be friends yeah so it's about how you communicate and it's yes. the same like how you communicate with that way and then how you communicate with um same men who may be interested in you that you're not yeah yeah on it so i um how do you communicate? how do i communicate uh, well, it's it's literally it's kind of polar opposite. So with the men, I'm like just almost very cold, and then with the women, I'm very hot. So you know, just, just adjust my temperature. <laughs> <laughs> so you know, according to the situation. <laughs> uh -huh, uh -huh. Oh, that's funny. Also, what I found out for myself specifically over the last few years is that communication is such an art. Yeah. And now I start to play with it. Yeah. I mean, I recently became single and I went on Tinder dates just to practice basically, sorry guys. <laughs> <laughs> My communication, right? How do I how do I create a space yeah. that I as a woman or me as myself, not as a woman, feel comfortable in? How can I create that but also for the other person? So now recently, um, I met a beautiful man in, in, in Guatemala and one of the first, actually the first conversation we had once that spark was there, I was about, okay, can we just share what our intention is for, for this connection together, right? And then we shared about that, like, like my deepest desire is in that moment it was to, to have like really clean, beautiful exploration together. But that doesn't, and well, I'm struggling with my words here. <laughs> but it doesn't necessarily have to be sexual. I was yeah. more so interested in exploring the sensual side of things. And with that, I mean more the energetic, right? Mm -hmm. what, what, how does this feel for you without this, that it has to be like put further in the sexual direction? So that desire I expressed, that he expressed his desires. And not only that, also our boundaries. I was like, okay, I'm only interested at this point in my life in literally having penetration or like like orgasms even with men that I potentially explore a partnership with. And mm -hmm. otherwise I don't want to go there. How do you yeah. feel about that? And just saying that was so motherfucking freeing. Oh my God, And it amazing. was so received because otherwise you get that weird dynamic in, in oh, I actually want to go that way, but we don't talk about it, and then going that way, yeah. and then there are tears and fears and like insecurities and all those things that take up so much energy. Yeah, and you don't want to give it any energy. Like, that's yes. why communication is so important, especially I found, especially when I was younger, fuck buddies didn't really work. One person usually got a bit fucked up. It's fun for a while, and I found actually my best fuck buddies were ones in different cities. Yeah. So if I was in, you know, I was, I was studying uni in Manchester, so I had one in London, I had one in Paris, I had one in Germany, <laughs> so if I was just, you know, around, um, and then actually one time um, I was in, I was in Madrid, which is where my best friend who loves my sex stories, um, I was with my, uh, I was going where her boyfriend's at uni, yeah. so I was like, oh my god, does he have any friends I could fuck? 
And then she gave me two numbers, and honestly, it was one of the worst ones. Like, it was, I was meant to be just like just a fuck, like anonymous sex, one night stand, and it was like the like worst sex ever. Yeah. And it was just like just really bad. And he, I, I found it sorry because he seemed a bit like inexperienced. And then like, because I can speak Spanish, and so could he, but like. He, um, at one point, like, I just noticed as well, like, he had, like, a booger coming out of his nose, and, like, <laughs> like, at one point, he was like, oh, yeah, I'm gonna call this guy, like, my friend's boyfriend, she, she was like, oh, yeah, I'm gonna call him, like, instead of Zane, and I'm like, I'm like, I don't know if he was inside me at that point, or maybe we were moving positions, but I'm like, that's what you thought to say now? But anyway, um, <laughs> yeah, it's, um... Sex can be it can be very different in, di- in different with different people. <laughs> it is. It is. How do you experience for yourself? Like you're you're sharing about um, that you just just meet somebody that you have sex with. The yeah. Same day. So I do, this, this is yeah. Cause yeah. I, um, how do you like like approach it? Approach it. Like like how do you value like the depth of a connection versus yeah. like the more mis- basic human need of like yeah. I just want to fuck. I'm like, like how do you see that? That's how the thing, that's, um, that's complicated, you know, because I was very promiscuous when I was young because I loved having sex, so I had a lot, so I could really separate and anonymize because I don't know the name of most of the people I've slept with. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's a lot. Um, so I can really separate the physical sex. So what I have with the current guy I'm dating, because I'm in, like, you know, Central America for a long time, mm-hmm. like, I have hormonal cycles, and sometimes I'm on heat, and I just said to him, it's like, if I could buy a, a literal dildo machine right now, I would, but they don't sell them in the Nicaragua. So, like, um, and then because, you know, I said to him, like, it's just sex. Um, because with him, it's like, you know, we speak on the phone every day, and I have that emotional connection, mm-hmm. and I'm in a relationship with him, and when I'm in London, I'm with him. Like, I've, I've, been, I've literally called him at, like, 1.30 in the morning before it was on the weekend, and I knew he was out, but I was like, hey, what are you up to? Can you pick me up from the, your tube station? And I got the night tube just because I was so on it. Um, so, with him, I can separate what we have. Like, mm-hmm. I'm like, hey, if I was in London, I'd get, I'd get an Uber over right now. Two, if I meet someone, and then... And this was the thing, I, I did actually have sex with someone, and it was actually very good quality sex. Um, but then I actually started thinking about my boyfriend during, and then it was even better. Um, and then I said that to him, I was like, if he wants to fuck someone, and then um, think of me, and that's kind of hot. But it has to be anonymous, because this guy that fucked me, he was like a surfer, and like, it was, um, um, he probably spoke to me more during sex mm-hmm. than before. Mm-hmm. As in, because we kind of met, and it was kind of like when you get the like DTF vibe, so down to fuck, and then you kind of sense that because I DM'd my friend. He went to go in the ocean. I was like, I think I'm about to fuck this guy. I'm not sure. And then you know, half an hour later, the next day, I was like, Oh my god, I just fucked this guy. Mm-hmm. Um, but this is the thing about communication and consent because he, in in those 15 minutes, yeah. was um, very um, dominant. So I think the reason he spoke to me so much was he was saying stuff like, Oh, do you like this in uh-huh. a sexual way? And then I would like not (laughs) yeah yeah um so having that you know level of communication but literally i only know three things about him i know his name the country he's from and when i asked him so you surfing here he just said yeah of course (laughs) and i literally don't know anything else about him because i was like but then with the sex he was very good at communicating which is something i have because i haven't been as good at communicating um more on the submissive side but then on the dominant side i'm like how do i communicate this because i'm finding my own space to be where I want to be. So, yeah, that's kind of... And then, and that's just with, you know, men. Then women is like this whole other, you know, realm. realm. Exactly. Um, So, yeah, it's a a minefield. It's a big grey area. (laughs) How do you approach it? (laughs) In in what context? (laughs) How do you want to answer? It's an open question, (laughs) you know. Well, what I found out for myself was... um, Hmm. Right now, I am super in the. I'm really in the space of I just want to build my business, right? Yeah. And what I found out was, I do like if you talk about basic human needs, one of the the highest that I have is is the need for physical touch. Yeah, I like, do. Is it your love language? It's my love language. Like absolutely, fuck yes. And I'm not necessarily interested in in sharing sex if the energy is not a hundred percent yes and there is if for me it's important that there is depth to it yeah because what i noticed in the past that i had sex with with men or women 
and I would take on that energy because I, yeah. I am super sensitive and that would like go through my body and if my partner was dealing with with things which is totally fine by the way that's we all have our processes and the other way around as well but what i would experience is that i would literally feel that in my body and specifically i've been exploring polyamory and i found out that's nothing for me but in that exploration i also noticed that if my partner has had sex with multiple people my energy got so messy ah. and it would, would, I would feel like out of center in that. So right now I'm super conscious about where and what move and when I share that energy with. Yeah. So more so I prioritize to keep my energy straight and clean and given on, well, given to a certain degree on my physical touch in relation to somebody else. Yeah. And rather give it myself than to, to, navigating the space that is like not a full body fuck yes yeah. in exploring that physical realm with somebody so that's kind of how i navigate that right now and then when i do feel like a yes then i bring up like okay what are your desires what is your intention for this interaction or exploration together uh, what are your fears what what potential do you see in like what is your I literally ask often like what is your highest potential in in the connection that we share for you what would your ideal be yeah and the answers what a would great fucking, question yeah and the answers would fucking surprise you you know yeah I actually even do that when there is not like sexuality sensuality I was gonna well, say that I, sounds I like even do this I do this actually honestly with all close relationships that yeah. I have with my friends even my family like every single one that I want to invest in, in in building that that connection or relationship yeah besides like if it's intimate or romantic or or not I do that because it's important yeah because we all are centered differently mm -hmm. and we all have different fears and we all express our love in different ways yeah and once that's known it's way easier to to navigate that yeah right? exactly having that level of communication like i find that even in a work sense whenever i meet someone new if i'm going to be working with them i'll always ask them what's your favorite way or what's your preferred way for me to communicate with you email slack Mm -hmm. Do we want to chat like every other day or do we just have a weekly or just ad hoc or just blah, blah, blah. just so yeah. then you just know just having that transparent boundary. So whether it's like work, friend, family, it is. especially BDSM. Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and also I have a super funny example of, of me and my ex-partner not not understanding our own love languages. Ah. Love, the five love languages, by the way, I hope I can pull them out, out of my okay. hat. I can, I can help. Yeah. <laughs> It's physical touch, it's uh, acts of service, so mm -hmm. actually showing that you love somebody, it's through gifts, it's through quality time, and there is another one. And now I've forgotten it too, and I think it's one of mine, because I've got three. Um, you've done touch, love, time, service, words. Oh, words of yeah. affirmation. Words yeah. of affirmation, that's, which is my That's two. just not really in my system, so yeah. I don't. <laughs> yes. But anyhow, with my ex-partner, we found out that like my number one need is quality time, then I've got physical touch. Uh -huh. And for him, it's the opposite. So his first like, love language is physical touch. Uh -huh. And we found ourselves in an apartment in Berlin and we had super beautiful, heart-opening conversations. Amazing. And in that moment, we both were in tears and I actually desired support from him and I think I even voiced that, I voiced that out in that moment. And this was so gold. We had just had a conversation like that day about about our our love languages. And in that moment, he wanted to give me a hug, and I saw something click in his brain, and he pulled back, and he was like, "You want me to make you tea? <laughs> just show you like my love." And he cracked me up. Oh he cracked God. me up just by just that awareness that I love it. Also, to, to people just like actually show me. Yeah. And specifically when I'm emotional, I don't like to be touched at all. Yeah. And he knew that. We, I voiced that out before. And that moment was so connecting because he was able to talk my love language. Yeah. And I was able to receive it because I, I, I saw it double, right? And his effort. And just him trying to meet me where I was in that moment. Yeah. And on top of that, when he 
when he was like later on trying to hug me in, in moments that were challenging for me or the other way around or whatever i was able to receive his love way better because i knew oh he's just i actually trying to love me in this moment yeah. rather than not seeing me for who i am or what i need or like exactly. all the drama and pain but it made it made it like way more easy to just receive exactly it's so lovely when people communicate to you in your love languages because it is such an interesting dynamic when you do date people and then you're different because i like read i've read about them and like know the different types and know who i am so i can normally guess them on other people as well so i find even with friends like um one of my friends is gifts and it was like two weeks later we go for a walk like every week and then i forgot on her birthday but then like two weeks later I got her, she really likes this skincare brand, like it's all like natural and like a very like eco-friendly, yeah. etc. And then I got her another one, and like she's obsessed with that brand. <laughs> I got her a different one, but it's all like, it's higher end, but it's all really, um, it's all organic. It's all uh -huh. very like well done um, eco-friendly stuff too, but just like nicer stuff. Um, and then I gave it to her, but then I explained the meaning and the story because I'm like, look, I know yeah. you love your brand, but this one's also very eco-friendly. And I know you've been stressed at work, so it was all like bath stuff and really yeah. indulgent. And she was like, oh my God, you're speaking my love language. Ah. Like, ah. And I'm like, it's instant connection, right? Yeah. Like you understand that from each other. Exactly. It's so funny. It's so funny. Also this morning, I had breakfast with one of my girlfriends. And... She was literally saying to me, like, the way of me showing my love to my friends and my environment is through making food for them. Yeah. But if you don't know that from somebody, yeah. then that can be easily, like, if it's not your love language, it's like, yeah, whatever, you know? Yeah. Well, I, if you know, then it's like, oh, wow, thank you. Because I met someone, I think, two weeks ago here who said that. And, like, now that you've said that, I'm like, oh, my God, that must have been his love language. Because he's like... Yeah, you know, cooking a meal, especially with a group of friends, is like something that's like one of the nicest things you can do. And yes. I'm like, wow, maybe yeah. it's because I'm not that great at cooking. For me, it's more like I like to do. You have a different meaning. Yeah, for it, yeah. Right? Exactly. But once you know, it's it's actually, hey, I love you. Yeah. And it's like, oh wow, thank you so much, because it's you know. Yeah, because I think my ex was acts of service because he was like he could cook well and he would, he would cook and do all the washing up and he was very good at cleaning too so the flat was in a great place <laughs> but my uh, my love language was um words and physical touch and yeah. his wasn't wasn't really either of those but it was like acts of service yeah he wasn't really into gifting either but then i would gift him and he didn't appreciate that like i yeah. just buy him little snacks at the shop yeah and then he told me to stop buying him snacks and i'm like oh, oh it's my love language i saw this and thought of you yeah um but um so yeah it's 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 important because um my mum said to me about that guy i was with him for three years but that he wasn't cuddly enough for me Huh. Um, and then since then I've dated and I'm dating like, yeah. a cuddly person. But it's also so important to know that, right? Yeah. I experienced the same thing with my last partner. He wasn't as touchy as I desired. My, my yeah. main languages are physical. Like the main thing is quality time and then physical touch. And yeah. acts of service are like equally yeah, yeah, present. Yeah. But he wasn't like that cuddly as I was. And I was like, for me, this is actually a non-negotiable in my next whatever interaction relationship that that i want a lot of physical touch in my in my in my yeah it's so important yeah that's how i met this guy i'm dating i was with a friend because my friend had canceled dinner i went to meet a friend and then she was like i'm just going for some drinks with people i was chatting to people this guy walks across my vision hugs the two people in front of me that i'm talking to and they oh, look yeah, like yeah, the story. <laughs> yeah, and they like look like the most amazing hugs. And this guy's pretty cute because he's like he's got nice arms as well. I'm like, oh my god, who the fuck is this guy? <laughs> um, and then he hugs them, and I was like, oh my god, that looks like I'm a bit jealous. Can I have a hug? And he gave me the most awkward hug ever, and I was like, fuck, okay, I'm gonna have to try this. Okay, I'm gonna have to try <laughs> a different approach. This. Yeah, and then I told my friend, I was like, who's that guy? She's like, oh yeah, that's this guy. Yeah, he's really nice. Okay, let's get you sitting next to each other. And then we did, then we had like this business meeting. And then because we're still dating, then we talk about when I saw him and then I wanted the hug. And he was like, oh yeah, I just didn't, you know, I'd only just met you. I didn't want to like make you feel weird. And I'm like, I was literally asking you for a hug. And then it turns out he's very hug. Oh, that's hugly, so funny. I love language. Yeah. What would have happened if you just expressed your desire? Like, hey, I really, I really want like a deep, intimate, long hug. I know, right? right? Specific. Yeah, yeah, like, it was, then it would just be like, wow. I don't. I think if someone said that to me, like, if I'd only just just met them, then I'd be like, wow, that's that's like strong evidence. See how attractive I was to them. 
Because it was kind of like, yeah, with him it was like a DTF moment. Like I was sending out that energy, and then he didn't. He didn't reciprocate. But you know, yeah. we we did DTF. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I love that. I know. So moving from relating to other people to to building that connection with yourself and self love yeah. love practices. I am super fucking curious. You already shared about that a little bit. But what it looks like for you, I mean, you're tra- you're a woman traveling alone, being I don't know, are you single right now? Do you uh, still- so this is the thing, this guy, the guy with the love language. Yeah, um, I met a guy three weeks before I came here, oh. but we're still in touch. So we're now There's something building up. Yeah, there. yeah. Like, I would yeah. say he's my boyfriend, but we did have a chat about anonymous sex mm-hmm. and like. I said to him, he's like, as long as it's equal, and he's like, the fact that we're having this chat it means more, like, as in, that, you know, we have that level of communication, because he understands that if I could fuck him, I would, but I can't, and he knows how crazy I go without sex. <laughs> <laughs> so he's like, he doesn't really struggle, he knows it literally means nothing. Uh-huh. So, um, so yeah, I am in a relationship, but we're, we've, we've now spent longer, long distance than together. Because I met him just before I came there. I see. Yeah. I see. So besides the point that that looking for for that sex outside of you. Yeah. How do you see? I want to ask you first, actually. Yeah. What is for you the different? Like, no. Let me approach this different. <laughs> what does intimacy mean to you? Ah, uh, yeah, because it's different. I know. Because uh-huh. there's there's physical intimacy, and then there's emotional intimacy. And then what I've been talking about, like the anonymous sex, I'm like, there is an intimacy. There's no like, intimacy. It's like, it's just fucking. It's yeah. just like, it's very, it's just physical. And you can have physical intimacy, but then that's more usually a more kind of a, like a loving, and you can have like rough loving sex, but that's normally with someone that you know and that you're, you know, interested in rather than just like someone random. And then you have emotional intimacy. And I remember when I was like, was like 17, and I went on a trip away to Mexico, and I was saving turtles. And I met this guy, and we were like 17 year olds. Um, and he, um, we were starting to have that emotional connection. Like, and we would stay up and watch the stars and all this. And then he asked me, could he kiss me? I was actually engaged at the time. I was engaged at 17. But anyway, um, and I was like, oh my god, no! I've kind of like, I've got a, I've got a fiance. Um, I and I couldn't, because I had that emotional intimacy. Mm-hmm. Then what did I do? I got fucking drunk and I fucked this other guy and took his virginity because actually having sex with someone, it wasn't random, it was just another guy in the group but I'd barely spoken to him. That was less cheating mm-hmm. than having, 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 yeah, having like get, letting someone that I was starting to form emotional intimacy, that felt more like cheating than just fucking someone because um, that's, mm-hmm. yeah, I can really separate it and I've had like therapy about a couple of things and you know, sex gets thrown in there sometimes too. But um, having one of my best friends said to me at uni, who I know some here, he's like, I think that you do, you, you block people out mm-hmm. so to avoid getting hurt. Mm-hmm. And I think I did a lot of that in my early 20s. And now I'm kind of more opening myself up. So don't sleep around as much, still a little bit, mm-hmm. but like especially just being more selective. And also just having, making space for myself. Because actually, if I come every day, I don't really need to like go and have sex with random people every day. I can just mm-hmm. <laughs> come myself. And then, you know, just variety, mixing it up, sometimes me, sometimes other people, sometimes the one, sometimes all three. <laughs> but I have to be in a relationship where they're okay with me using a vibrator because I find it really hard to go with just my hands. And then if someone, if it's like a male ego thing, like my very first, uh, well, my fiance, 15 to 18, I never had an orgasm. And it was only when I was 19. And even then I'd been traveling in um, Australia and it was very promiscuous then. So I'd sat with a lot of people and I'd never come. And then, God, I probably shouldn't say this. I don't think my parents will ever hear this. But um, <laughs> I had packed up, before I went traveling Australia, I packed up all my, my stuff because we'd actually moved house. So all my stuff was in boxes. And then I'd left a bit separate for like going to uni because it was yeah. just before uni. And then when I was like, I was home for like three or four days and all my stuff was like in the living room. And it was like 1 a.m. I was kind of doing all the packing and this and that. And I just found like an old vibrator, like a rabbit. And then I was like, oh my God. And then I was like literally on the living room floor at like 1am and then I just randomly used it. And then I was like, oh my God, was that an orgasm? Ah! And that was like after being sexually active for like four years and sleeping with a lot of people. And then I was like, it was only by myself. 
um, using a toy. So then when I was at uni, then I used them like loads. And then now when I'm with people, I'm like, well, you know, if I, I, I want to have a good time. So, you know, it's mm -hmm. got to be involved. Um, yeah. But then I got worried that I was too reliant on it. So I went to Portugal for two months with no toys. And like, it was good because it was actually quite experimental. Like I learned to just use my body because sometimes when I use my wand, I just like, just put it straight there. It's not as sensual as myself. But then no, I learned- it's more functional. Yeah, exactly. That's what it sounds like. Even, even when you talk about like, just fucking other people, it sounds more like fulfilling. Yeah, it's, it is. It's yeah. just kind of like, if I just really just want to get fucked, then- It doesn't really, yeah. It doesn't really sound like that, that emotional, intimate yeah, connection. Exactly. Is that something that you desire? So when I'm in a relationship, then that's when it kind of starts to come like more out. But um, I, I, it's funny because I've actually spent almost more time in relationships with women than in relationships with men. And they're different in itself. And even with one woman, she, we were in a race for three years, two years, she was living in Australia. So we're doing long distance. And then she, I was dating a guy, and then she actually got engaged to a guy, and then she came back and we were together for a bit and then left and kind of all this. But um, there's just like, for me, it's almost like, you know, it's like a buffet. That's like, you can have just physical, you can not have intimacy, you can have all the intimacy, you can have lots of people, you can have different genders, whenever. So um, it just depends on my mood. And like, now I found someone who we're starting to have the um, connection with, then, and all the BDSM stuff. I find that if you're gonna do that kind of stuff, if you wanna leave in a good place, especially if you're submissive, you've got to feel like kind of cared and looked after for, especially like a bit like in the after bit. And that I found when I was having random sex with people, they weren't obviously like, and especially when you're all younger, they weren't as considerate of that and my needs. Whilst now I'm a lot more aware of my needs. Mm -hmm. It's like, I didn't used to enjoy head and now I do. And now I like it all the time. And now I just refuse to give blowjobs. Like most of the times if I have a one night stand, just don't give them head because I had so many years of it being like expectant where it was like sex was like kissing, fingering, blowjob, fucking. Mm. And I'm like, that's, that's just boring. Um, I'm curious. Yeah. If you tell me all those things, I'm curious <laughs> about like the level of intimacy also with yourself. Yeah. Like, do you, if you, if you make time for yourself, what does that look like for you so there was this was this was just after i met this i met the guy on friday this was on the sunday because not without guys no no, no no by myself but like i had been so fucking horny that i was like i was looking at male escort sites it was the closest i've ever got to hiring one because <laughs> it was like sunday afternoon and i just needed to be fucked i was like this is insane i was like if i got one what time would they come over can i still get cancer so anyway i was walking home from the park just like so then i made the space for myself so I was like, okay, I'm gonna get, um, I had um, a vibrating, I think it was a rabbit, but anyway, it goes inside. Then I had my wand on my clit. I used everything with lube. I had a towel. I just like had like more body exploration because I like made the time. Yeah. Whilst a lot of the time when I have an orgasm, it's literally like, say just before bed, it's like uh, five, six minutes, bed, then sleep. Uh -huh. And then like during the middle of the day, it's like, so like what's the difference? What's the difference in how you feel afterwards? Um, so afterwards when I have a quickie, it's like a beer buzz. Like I'm kind of like, that was, I feel like that was a good use of time. Like kind of thing, like happy. And then when it's, when I take more time, mm -hmm. well it depends, but usually when I take more time, the, the orgasms are better. But then even sometimes the, the quick ones, they can be really good too. Mm -hmm. Um, so I think, you know, with the feeling like afterwards, I don't normally think about it because I'm usually on to the next thing. Well, actually what I usually do is I take a selfie and then I send it to whoever I'm fucking or my friends. Like one time I just met up with a friend who'd just broken up with this guy. They'd been engaged and I wasn't sure about him anyway, but anyway, they broke up and then we went sex toy shopping. Um, and then, so the next day I had the most amazing orgasm. So I literally video messaged her being like, oh my God. I am happy, I am alive, and I get to experience a feeling as amazing as the orgasm I literally just had. And I'm like, look, my pupils are dilated, mm -hmm. my skin is glowing. People at work tell me, sometimes after three o'clock meetings, they're like, oh my God, your skin looks amazing. And I'm like, I literally just had an orgasm 15 minutes ago. It's <laughs> <laughs> like, I drink a lot of water, I'm vegan, I sleep a lot, I have a lot of orgasms. That's how I have great skin. <laughs> you know, it's not that hard. <laughs> Yeah. What's your whole approach to self-pleasure and like making space for yourself? It's funny. <laughs> I really came more <laughs> came. <Yeah. laughs> 
the more from the practical side of things, right? I just want to go to bed, so yeah. I give myself an orgasm and then I sleep very well. I've been struggling with sleep for a long time. Yeah. Um, that's what I used to do. And then at some point I was like, I, I work a lot in, in ceremony and ceremon ceremonial spaces and holy space for others to go through the most beautiful processes and approaching my intimate relationships also like that. Like it's a ritual, it's sacred. It's, yeah. Um, and then I was like, Celeste, why don't you do that for yourself? And I started to play with yeah. it, right? What, what is, how do I feel? I literally track my energy every fucking day. <laughs> I, oh do my God. I do that together. I do that together. Yeah, I do that together with my business partner. And I can I can literally tell when I just went for an orgasm to just have quick release that my productivity went down eventually, that my energy was, was like less. I was more in my head and all those things. And yeah. then when I switched more to more so to self love and not necessarily it's more the sensuality with me. So it was yeah. more about just what feels good rather than just going for an orgasm and containing that energy more. Yeah. Oh my god, I'm on fire. And seriously, also what I what I see reflected in my outside, like more the the reality that I that I live and how I interact with the world is totally different. Since I, I build that that self love more with myself, I do also hired up my standards, right? What I just talked about, about, oh, I'm not that interested in so much in, in seeking that outside of myself, yeah. unless it's like really, really good. So it saves me a lot of time and energy, basically. Yeah. And my projects go, go way better. And also what I noticed, and I'm not proud of that, is that I often, specifically in the past, that I was just seeing guys or girls, <laughs> humans <laughs> just but because I wanted to get my needs met and yeah. at some point that didn't feel pure anymore for me mm -hmm. so now when I do feel that like on a more primal level I just tell them that and then they can decide for themselves whether they want that or not or I give it to myself or you know it's more more so like that so yes I do take the time for myself to to have those experiences and I see that reflect deeply around me as well um, yeah that it, it affects my reality on so many levels yeah and it's so interesting it's yeah and I had no idea I really had no idea actually how I came into this path was a very funny story I literally was building a course and Somehow I ended up in the corners of the internet reading about brain research. Ooh. And yeah. one of the things that they researched was the effects of porn on our imagination. Oh my god, that's really interesting. And what and like what did it say? <laughs> well basically they were able to I don't even remember the research or whatever to indicate that it affects our ability to imagine yeah. so much. And me at that time living in Ecuador, being surrounded with beautifully spiritual, very much meditation like people and the rebel inside of me was like, let's, how can I make meditation like more pleasurable for myself so that yeah. I can actually stick to it. And that's where my idea, initial idea, <laughs> <laughs> for guided masturbations came from. Oh my god. Because I was like, okay, that way you use your imagination still. And you're in a meditative state. You're in a meditative yeah. state. And on top of that, not only I was on the, on the path already of like self-exploration, right? And what I discovered in just talking with other women was that basically I don't know what I don't know. Right? I don't even know some possibilities on the whole flavor of sensuality and sexuality and exploring myself. So I, wanted, I, I want to, to provide that for other women so that yeah. you can just taste whatever feels good or, or for, your, for you, for yeah. yourself, without having even the visual image of anybody else. Yeah. But the, the intention of building that connection with you and yeah. your body and 
rather than using her in order to have that release you know mm -hmm. or or that comfort or whatever but just really treating her like the the queen or like the yeah. in the best yeah. way possible yeah exactly and my body is the temple you know <laughs> fuck that shit i really hate that phrase but <laughs> yes yes yeah for me that sounds way too boo but then that's what it what it comes down to in a way right yeah and when i started to 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 shift that relationship with myself oh my god like the most amazing people showed up around me amazing and, yeah. you know it's all karma yeah. it all works out it is it is yeah does that answer your question yeah <laughs> it's so long-winded it's like it's great <laughs> yeah all right lovely we covered a hell of a lot i know what a great chat it's amazing yeah. Okay, I want to ask you one more thing. Uh huh. If you look at yourself from 10 years ago, yeah. what advice would you give that moment there with the knowledge that you have right now Ooh. around self love? What would you um, tell her? I think I was just starting to experiment with myself and self love, so mm -hmm. I'm like, just keep at it, you know? Mm -hmm. It's great. Once you know your own body, then you can well if you want to introduce other people that's great and then you know what needs you know what um what works for you so um you know i, I was i was already into experimenting anyway and yeah. i made the time then um but i'd just be like keep doing what you do you know with that <laughs> um and then probably some advice about not dating certain people but whatever you know it's maybe who i am so it's fine <laughs> Yeah. What about you? Oh man. <laughs> Myself ten years ago. I was seventeen. I just left my parents' home. I was living by myself. I was in a relationship that was very much committed. Super kinky. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I think I would encourage her. I was I was super not happy with my body at that time that that has been like a whole other journey but i think i would encourage her to be more loving to her body for mm -hmm. sure for sure yeah i think that that's a good one too just be more loving to your body and it's all linked mind body soul you it know? is if you when if you separate from the one speaking from experience that's months of therapy that got me that yeah yeah, it was like how you were saying, you know, you said you measured your mood. Um, I do. Yeah. I um I did social rhythms therapy like about this time last What's year, that? like during COVID. So um what you do is do with circadian rhythm. So that's your body naturally producing melatonin and like oh, the yeah, sun yeah. is awake. Yeah, yeah. So it's to do with that rhythm and basically making sure that I ate regularly, um so regular meals, that I spent time yeah. in daylight. That I slept yeah. enough, and then I was also tracking my mood and my yes. energy. Yes. Um, and what I found is I did it for three months, but I also tracked other stuff. So it was like, you know, did I go outside? Did I spend time with family? And I added stuff like, did I have an orgasm? Did I have sex? Yes. How stressed I was? Did I drink or right. take drugs? You know, yes. all yeah, these yes. columns. Absolutely. And I found that was one day because I was in therapy at the time as well, but it was like a really bad day. Like I didn't come. I was really, really stressed. Like there was, just, I hadn't slept well for like three nights. Like literally everything, and I and I literally plotted because it had all of these variables, and I was like, okay, what's the correlation between orgasms and stress? And I'm like, oh yeah, when I'm like, when I'm not having orgasms, my stress just creeps up. It is. It di directly works on your nervous system. It yeah, it is like that, and it's, it's so not necessarily like sex, but it's like the physical aspect yeah. of it that creates like that juices in your brain that your body really enjoys. Yeah, exactly. It's so so necessary. You know? Physical touch. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> All right, love. Do you yeah. have anything that you feel like expressing yeah. before we close Just down this very juicy episode? I know, right? So juicy. <laughs> um, no, nothing from me. You know, everyone keep doing what you're doing. Practice self-love. Make the space. Self-love is so important. Fuck yeah. <laughs> I'll hold to that. Thank you so much, Steph. Thank you so much.